stuff. Shake my hand, slap me five, bump me on the fist. And isn't it weird how we even exist? This universe is a strange place, the mysteries and the challenges we face. And there's a line between a problem and a predicament. You can solve the Welcome to episode 240 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And I'm just so thrilled and excited to share that my guest this week is brand new Grammy winner, John Sampson. And I had a great talk with John. I knew that this record was special. Uh, John's a, he's a music therapist and he does all kinds of work. And, and the song, the clip you just heard is from a song called Predicament. And he really frames the experience of a child musically in a really, really nice way, in a way that kids will relate to and that will understand. And, and if you're a music sort of like on the nerdy side of things, like I tend to be sometimes, you will have heard a lot going on in that, even in that little clip, a lot going on musically. So John's record, Ageless Songs for the Child Archetype, won a Grammy and that I think is just the coolest thing. And I love getting to talk to people who have reached the pinnacle in their field. And I would say for most musicians, um, you know, you're not going to say no to a Grammy. I'll put it that way. A Grammy is one of the coolest things that you can have your name attached to. But before we get to John, I'll tell you a couple other things. If you want to reach me because you think you got some good stuff, you can email me, goodstuffpod at gmail.com, or you can always reach out to me on social media at the at symbol goodstuffpod. And I want to tell you a little bit about uh, PJ Library. Um, there's going to be some PJ Library stuff coming up on the Good Stuff Kids podcast in just a couple weeks. And, and in the meantime, you can check out PJ Library and you can sign up for what they do, which is provide books for kids which is a great thing because we need more reading in our life. And and this month they have a brand new part of what they're doing that they're rolling out called PJ Listen. And that's got music and videos and all kinds of things for you and your family. And there's a link on my website, goodstuffpod.com and John Samson's article. I guess the way to say it is article. And you can click that link and sign up for PJ Library. You should do that. It's amazing. So now let's hear from John, and I'm not going to give too much away because I want you to hear everything that he's about and everything that he's doing, and I want you to stay tuned all the way to the end to hear the full song, Predicament, which is just the smallest taste of everything that's going on on this really incredible Grammy Award winning record. So again, John, thank you for coming on the show, and a really humongous and well-deserved congratulations. Here's John Sampson. Good stuff. It's my pleasure to welcome Grammy nominee John Sampson to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. John, how are you doing today? 
Great. So happy to be with you today. Thanks, it Michael. Is, it is a true pleasure. We've been uh, this one's been in the works for a little bit. Um, we had some we had some turkey troubles that we ran into, some some stuffing situations that sort of set us back a little bit. Um, but I'm glad to connect. Um, so wh- where are you right now? What's your location? I am currently located in Brooklyn, New York. Okay, I've heard of it. Small town in yeah. a big town, or oh, big town, I guess, in another big town. All right, I'm in Houston, Texas. What's the weather? Is it snowing and freezing? It's not snowing, but it's definitely not sunny and warm. It's it's getting pretty cold. Okay, great. So, um, so we're talking because, amongst other things, you are a a musician and you just recently in August put out a brand new album called Ageless Songs for the Child Archetype and we are going to get way into that in just a couple minutes but there's a lot of interesting music happening on this record you know there there's really excellent uh you know, content and, and subject matter. But what I would love to hear from you before we get to that is what's a little bit of your musical background and tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, love talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if you know this. I actually grew up in Johannesburg, South Africa. Okay. I, um, I turned my accent on and off as, uh, yeah, it was good. Situation. It just, it just turned on. I don't know if you did that on purpose or it just happens. It's great. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so, you know, I've been playing piano since I was a little kid, since I was seven. I actually still have my piano from uh, my childhood. And so all the videos where you see a piano, that's my original piano. It's uh, traveled many miles. And, um, you know, my parents gave me a choice when I was a little kid. Do you want voice lessons or do you want piano lessons? And I opted for piano because I figured I'd be singing anyhow. But, you know, the, the, I felt like I knew how to sing to some degree. But the, the piano piece was really important for me. And the thing is, um, even though I didn't have a diagnosis, I was probably a little ADD as a kid and maybe even still so to this day. But um, I really didn't want to do the conventional classical training and reading out of the books and whatnot. So I really wanted to use the piano to explore my own creativity and make up songs. My piano teacher gave my mom a call and said, listen, I don't know what to do with your kid. And I said, one of the, uh, he doesn't practice, he doesn't want to do what I want to teach him. And I'd say one of the greatest gifts uh, my parents gave me was to just say, listen, just let him let him run with it, you know, support him and how he wants to learn. And the fact that that's basically what I do to this day uh, for other kids. Uh, so I really feel like I've come full circle around that. Um, so we'll fast forward to uh, SUNY Purchase, which is where I got my undergrad in, um, in music composition. And I just cannot say enough about SUNY Purchase. I really met my soul family there. Um, a lot of the friends and artists that are on the album, uh, on my current album, have actually been on all my albums since 2009. And so these are people who have been in my life for about 20 years. And I went straight from SUNY Purchase to New York University, where I uh, studied music therapy. Great. Wow. So it's it's quite a journey. Um, and I love that you are able to take this like really sort of profound sounding uh, instance in your life when it was trying to figure out how, how, you know, when it was, how do you reach John? How do, how do we let him, you know, teach him what he needs to know? And, and this, this idea of like, well, let him kind of direct it. I think that's a really amazing gift to be given at a young age and one to, to take with you. So John, it looks to me like you have 
four albums of kids' music. So before we get to this brand new record, could you just highlight a couple of songs that that you've created for kids and families that you're that you're proud of, or you think that families would find interesting outside of this brand new record? Oh, sure. But I also want to say I've actually produced six and a half records. Um, you know the uh, music therapist and artist Varage. Uh-huh. who uh, runs Baby in Tune, I produced her first record and her third record and oh. half of the second one. And those songs are really special to me as well. So, um, Well, yeah. I mean, she was one of the first people that I talked to for this podcast. And her, uh, she has, I mean, she is the, as close as someone has gotten to like making me cry in terms of the the stuff that she writes and it's just like the way that she was able to capture how i was feeling in those moments um of you know being a young or a parent of a very very young kid and just like all of that goes along with it that's so cool that you you've worked with her all right that's great to know cool yeah well barrett barrett uh and i went to nyu together uh studied music therapy and you know years later she came to my studio wanting me to produce an ep for her adult music which is also phenomenal but you know during a a break she was just playing and singing uh that ditty uh this is sunday and i got mommy and daddy all day yeah yeah and i was like whoa where did that come from i want to produce that record Mm -hmm. so that was the little backstory there that's very cool yeah so okay so um so tell me about a a couple years that that you think folks would really uh get a kick out of from those from your stuff i mean uh, the varied stuff also awesome and and can't recommend that stuff enough um so yeah take it (laughs) Yeah, well, my first album I put out in 2009 was uh, the first kids' album of mine called Kids' Album. And I was very excited because there was a song off of that record called The Conductor that ended up winning first place in the international songwriting competition. And that sort of put me on the map and really gave me confidence to keep going. You know, I've been learning as I go. Uh, The main reason I made a record uh, to start with was to just sort of externalize some of the work I was doing as a music therapist and everything I was learning about child development and just wanting to weave in my own sense of artistry. And so, you know, it's just, it started this uh, course of me learning and then producing simultaneously. What I mean by that is that I didn't know how to play the ukulele before my second album. And so, you know, I bought one and as I was making up parts, they just instantly became songs. So uh, there's a song called Everything is Music to Me off of my second album, another kid's album, which was actually the very first song I learned how to play on the uke. Um, so it was. It, that's just how I work is as I'm learning, um, I, I make things. Uh, you'll even see some of the videos I've been putting out this week and over the last few years have all been the result of me being in a creative process and wanting to learn how to do something. So, you know, in keeping with the the concept of music therapy, it's very process-oriented. I never want a goal to supersede the process. And so this is really a governing force in working with kids, working with anybody in that no matter how successful or um, expansive something has the potential to be, I always like the process to really dictate the pace and the flow of things. And so all of these albums that I've made have been me exploring my vocal range, me exploring 
what sorts of holistic concepts I can put into children's music without it being contrived and just really sharing the truths that I've learned over the years and putting them into a, a different context so that kids can relate to them and the parents and teachers that work with the kids can also enjoy the, the other layers that I'm putting into the music that a child might not pick up on right away. Well, and there's lots of layers. Um, you know, musically speaking, what you're doing is really, really interesting. Like from the instrument perspective, there's lots of things going. You're not afraid to speed things up, slow things down, all sort of within the span of like 10 to 15 seconds or less. You know, like that. And that's that's interesting for someone like me. Uh, who, you know, as a musician, I, I want to hear something that sort of turns my ear, for lack of a better word, and, and you deliver yeah. on that. So is there any other song that you want to highlight from those first couple records before we dive in? Oh, well, there's a third song, uh, excuse me, on my third record, a New Kids album. Um, there's a song called Imaginationology, which was actually um, such a breakthrough for me because I had been under so much stress during the year that I'd made that, I had lost my entire falsetto range of my voice oh my. for the better part of a year. And I had to do a lot of inner work and reflection and you know body work and all of that stuff, lots of tea. But eventually, when, when that song popped out, it was like I, my, uh, my falsetto returned. And so uh, I don't think a lot of people know that, but um, I mean, it's a very lovely song. I take all the um, fairy tales and stories I grew up with as a child and, you know, contextualize it into this hook, Oni, if you believe. And so when that song came through, sometimes it can take me years to write a song, but that song wrote itself in about 15 minutes and I was just bawling my eyes out while oh. I was singing it. I wow. just couldn't believe that my voice had come back. And so anyway, that song's really dear to me. That's excellent. Um, I think emotion plays a big part in uh, in the music that you make, and um, and I think that you you work with kids in in the music therapy on the music ther therapy side of things. So you see a whole range of emotions. I'm sure for, from the kids that you work with, and absolutely. And I think that it's important for adults to be in touch with the emotions that we oftentimes try to bury. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're like, oh, I'm not a kid. I can't act like a kid. Right. Which brings us to your brand new record, Ageless, Songs for the Child Archetype. So for those of those listeners who may not know, uh, in your words, right, just, just making it so like someone like me can understand, what is the child archetype? Huh. Well, the, the most... Uh you know, mainstream way of saying it is the inner child, okay. you know, and that, that child archetype does not ever go away. It's just about how it's expressed. Right. So, um, you know, if you look at people like Robin Williams and Alan DeGeneres and Trevor Noah and Steve Colbert, a lot of comedians and, you know, even Barack Obama, there's a, there's a level of playfulness and optimism and hope and creativity that really embodies the child. Um, and when we, as you said, you know, run away from those emotions and those feelings, if we don't create through the light, we create through the shadow. And so what that also ends up looking like 
is entitlement and tantrums and, you know, like mine, 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 me, 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 not being able to share, right? Because every archetype, whether it's the child or any universal pattern, there's always a, a positive and a negative side of that, right? And so mm -hmm. how balanced we are as people um, will determine the way that it's expressed, you know? So the child archetype can have a really bad rap, you know, when people turn around to somebody who are acting out of integrity and say, Ugh, you're acting like such a child. But the truth is when somebody does something really beautiful and creative, they don't say, oh, you're, what a, what a childlike wonder you are. They'll say you're a genius, but I really associate that, that, creative genius aspect with the child archetype that everybody actually has. Hmm, interesting. So, all right. So we're going to dive into some of these, uh, some of these songs. And I, I think that uh, your approach is interesting. And, and so when you were, I mean, just to get like the, the, the overall general overview, when you're coming, when this record was coming together, did you have a specific goal or two in mind or did you just let it all sort of flow? I had to let it flow because actually the soul of the project did not reveal itself until I was finished writing the song, well, at least I thought I was finished writing the song Predicament. Mm -hmm. And so if you're familiar with the song, I'm, I open it with penguins and polar bears and close it with penguins and polar bears, but those were actually the last elements to arrive into the song. Mm -hmm. Even my uh, song, Focus on What You Want, uh, the penguins and polar bears piece was added afterwards. And so my process generally looks like a nonlinear journey where I'm following my creative intuition and creative impulses, assuming that they're, they seem like they're leading me in a productive uh, direction. And so I just sort of keep listening to that, those little whispers, you know, that say, try this or try that. And so in a way, I knew what I wanted to uh, showcase on the album, which is simply, you know, the, the childlike aspects of creativity merged with deeper thinking and deeper reflection that comes from, you know, being a more seasoned person in adulthood and, and merging those. And so, you know, there's a lot of yin yang aspects of the mm -hmm. album, penguins and polar bears. Uh, a lot of people, I think know that, uh, polar bears are from the North pole and penguins are from the South pole and that they're actually destined to never meet because they, they're indigenous to the polar opposites, you know, mm -hmm. but they both have similar, uh, living environments, you know, with the extreme cold and the way that they adapt to survive. But unless it's a man-made zoo or something, there's just, there's no way logistically for them to ever be together. And so part of the intention of the album, which is a carryover, by the way, from my third album, the cover of my third album was a tree with all four seasons on the tree. Mm-hmm. And so it's the idea where, you know, you're not necessarily going to have a literal version of it, but symbolically being able to take all the parts and put them together into the whole. Huh. Okay, cool. So, um, I mean, I'm just looking at the album art and, you know, there's a, there's a, a picture of our world, the globe, right? The earth, half in a light, bubble, half in dark, <laughs> in a bubble. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I think, and I and I love that uh, you're pointing out that the the idea of penguins and polar bears comes out throughout the album. So let's let's move to the the second song, which I think is a uh, important song for. And I'm sure it's something that when you are 
with a uh, with a client in a session in a music therapy mm-hmm. session, I'm sure it comes up a lot for every different every different person that you come in has a degree of it, and it's called anxiety. And you in the song describe anxiety in in a lot of different ways. So, and I don't think it's too much of a spoiler because you know it's done musically in like a really cool way, but what are some of the ways that you describe anxiety? Right. Well, firstly, that's one of the songs that didn't take 15 minutes to write. It took me a few years oh, to wow. craft okay. the song um, because I was living it as I was writing it. So it's not just about the anxiety that clients are bringing in. I'm a human. And so when you're in the therapy world, there's a thing called a parallel process, which by the way, teachers also have. I, sometimes they don't realize it. You know, when you're a teacher in a classroom with 30 students projecting everything about them and their own families onto the teacher, um, you know, teachers can really suffer from burnout because, you know, they really need some therapeutic support and being able to separate out, you know, what's mine and, and what are the students. And so for me, I more than saying, hey, here's an anxiety song that'll, that'll cure anxiety. It really is just about acknowledging what it is and that it's happening, you know. So by the time you get to the end of the song and I sing, uh, you know, I can get through this, you know, the storm shall pass. So what is anxiety? It's a little bit different for each person, but the general tendency is to want to feel like you want to run away, crawl into a little hole. You feel weird and awkward. And, you know, I also believe sometimes people mistake anxiety for narcissism and I'll tell you why it's because when we're anxious when we're internally preoccupied with our own uh, thought bubbles that out of fear we can just simply come off as you know internally preoccupied and so people don't necessarily realize you're having a hard time they just think that you're all about you right yeah and so i think that's an important discernment because a lot of people are also afraid of being perceived as narcissistic because of you know just like what that entails and so a lot of people try to avoid the anxiety which really snowballs the anxiety yeah and i think that you know it's another good lesson that you can never ever ever assume or ever ever think you know what's going on inside another person's mind heart soul body um, and that's a, an important lesson too, right? Unless they put it in a tweet and make it extremely overt. But right, yes, I, right, I, right, I agree yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's right. you know that's that's a different thing. Okay, so and I think it's important to note that like it's okay to talk about anxiety, and I thank you for sharing that. And as an, as a fellow anxiety sufferer, and mm. you know, I'm trapped. So like, for example, I'm traveling tomorrow and I am like, just my mind's racing about all of the things that I need to do or that I think I need to do when, you know, I know I'm going to get to my destination. It's going to be fine, but I am like sort of, you know, spinning a mile a minute. Well, not now. Cause I'm like in depth into this, what we're talking about. But like when we get off the phone, like I got to get my prescriptions. I mean, do I have the, the chapstick that I need? You know, it's like all of those things. And it's yeah. something that um, everyone has a little bit of in their life. And it's to say that someone is anxiety free. I, I know one person that I would say is fairly anxiety free, but even I know that he uh, or she has has just a little bit more than they let on. So, uh, right. So, so, so go ahead. I'm here. 
Oh, okay. I was just going to say, so the next song, and when we're going to talk maybe about four of these, which isn't to say that the rest of the album is not talkable, aboutable. I, I don't know if those are real words, but just in the interest of time. Um, so tell me about video game. Okay, so video game is, it really stands apart from the rest um, because, and I don't know if you know this, by the way, but the all of the verses on that song uh, that aren't the opener feels like a video game weren't just written by a child they were they were uh, improvised entirely so the vocal take that you are hearing on the album was never rehearsed and never sung again wow. it was a one take improvisation in a mu- music therapy session in 2012 by a kid named Claire Linares and so it's like she's it's beyond her having written the song she channeled the song and so it's and it was so well crafted spontaneously that you know nobody knows that it was just simply a post produced improvisation and so i really am finding as many ways as i can to tell that story because you know it doesn't just showcase her brilliance but just what's possible when you make room for a child to be as creative as and free as they can Hmm. And the idea of improvisation, I think, is an important piece to what you do in some ways, um, or maybe in a lot of ways, I think that... Improv- Primarily. Right. I've, I've produced thousands of improvised songs with children over the years. My albums are really just a small, you know, ice cap, little tip of the iceberg from the, the work that I do here. Yeah, and I think that that's a, uh, an important piece to name is that how i mean i i know the the sort of like the question i want to ask and i'm not even sure if it's the right or appropriate question is like what percentage of of the music that is on this record has come from you know not specific obviously not specific clients but like sessions that you've done and improvisations that have happened all of it uh-huh so that's, all of it i mean yeah. you could you could say oh no i've been writing songs since i was a kid but i mean it really is the sum of my experience and so for example there's a kid i worked with for years named daria who inspired my song focus on add and she's not even an add kid it's just that there was a specific way that she would sing about the limitations the creative limitations of school i mean we're talking about a kid that wrote a book about world war one when she was eight and so she just had such a command over you know what's possible in her own creative world versus you know what the schools are wanting out of children and that juxtaposition that polarity and so um that that chorus uh, try not to tell me to focus which is in that add song you know so i could talk about all the songs and just all the different aspects of everything that the children have taught me but i mean i i'll say that again it's a parallel process Absolutely. i'm i'm not here sitting with all the info i i think if i if i have any gifts it's the ability to listen yeah and that's a a major gift and that's a major gift that i think that um a lot of people who work with kids are more and more opening themselves up to the importance of listening and I think that's important for parents to remember to listen to their kids because most of the time the kid is right. And if they're not right, you still need to hear it. And I think that teachers are more and more understanding that going to where the child is is going to enhance learning in such a profound and major way. Um, 
So I, another song I'd like to hear about, and uh, there's two more on my list, and then we can. If there's anyone that you you particularly want us to think about, then that's great. But the sure. story of Magic Potion Ocean, I think, is is a beautiful thing. Oh, that yeah, that that song is really dear to me. Um, it's this magic child named Ocean uh, with special needs worked with for a very long time, and yes, that song is a ditty that I just made up during our sessions. So that was truly born in music therapy sessions Great. with her. That's amazing. And I don't know if you've seen the video for that, but I it haven't, is on YouTube. I haven't, but it's I on will. YouTube and it shows a lot of um, our process of her trying different instruments and then eventually adding to the arrangement. Wow. The well, I'll say here and now that uh, we will be, We'll share that video on uh, on the goodstuffpod.com website when this episode goes live. Um, so the last song that I, I want to hear about from you is, and it's sort of thematically uh, goes along with what we talked about at the beginning, is the song uh, Bipolar Bear, B-Y-E, not B-Y, Bipolar Bear, just to be specific in, in our, uh, our audio universe here. Right. Um, yeah, so that was one of the last songs to incarnate for the project. And that really is about do, 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 duality, you know, that, that things can really exist simultaneously, you know, for as much light as we have in us, there's a little bit of darkness and vice versa. And so how do we transcend good and bad? You know, uh, what's what's good for one person is bad for another person. You know, you can you can digest uh, broccoli really, really well. And then somebody else's constitution, that'll give them an allergy issue, you know. Mm -hmm. And so how do we make room for all the different versions of us, all the diversity that just every aspect of what individuals can offer the whole? And uh, there's a really cute part in the middle where it says, so the penguin in me greets the polar bear in you as we melt our polarities and make something new. And so it's really just about being able to acknowledge that which is in another person and that, we, you know, there's always a little bit of everybody in everyone, even though that's a really hard thought sometimes, you know, it's, it's easier when you want to identify with somebody who we see as positive generally but we're really kind of swimming in the same ocean you know mm -hmm. and so you know the the idea is integration and it's just about finding the middle ground and that's that concept really came from claire's uh song which was originally called it was originally called start stop in uh, before it became video game she sang where's the middle how do we find the middle and so really uh, i'm i'm epiphanizing right now even though it's not totally a new thought but bipolar bear is really a, a derivative of the messages that claire sings in video game huh. amazing beautiful um so there's so much in here um and there's so much still to uh still to discover um in this on this record um i don't want to i don't want to give it all away but i mean i can't imagine that someone's going to hear this interview and not be interested in learning more about the music or more about you so what's the best ways for folks to uh to keep up with you and find you and follow you sure well my website is cocreativemusic.com 
And you can find me on Facebook. It's just my name, John Sampson. I also have a YouTube channel. It's John Sampson on YouTube. You can see a lot of the videos that I've made for the albums I've produced and also some of the improvised songs with the children and more info about the music therapy work. And um, on Facebook, I have a fan page, John Sampson Co-Creative Music. And I am on Instagram. And, you know, Google is very helpful. You just type somebody's name in and you get a whole universe right in front of you. I've heard about this Google. I've heard about it. Um, so, well, thank you, John, for uh, being so open and for talking uh, so much about this record and the experiences that came together to make it. Um and congratulations again on the Grammy nomination. I think that it is well-deserved, and thank you for your time. Thanks, Michael. Love it when a plan comes together when a Grammy nomination turns into a Grammy win. Congratulations again to John Sampson. Hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you can find all of the past episodes at goodstuffpod.com. And as always, you can email me goodstuffpod at gmail.com i'm a little behind i'll be honest i'm a little behind on the email right now it's like you know it happens it happens busy people busy things kids sports all that stuff but that's not your problem that's my problem and i'm going to figure it out so email me would love to hear from you here is predicament from john samson grammy winner john samson sun always shines unconditional light and the moon always glows unconditional night and we all go through a dark night but we always shine bright like penguins and polar bears in the light of the night Unconditional love Unconditional sight Unconditional day Unconditional night Shake my hand Slap me five Bump me on the fist And isn't it weird how we even exist This universe is a strange place The mysteries and the challenges we face And there's a line between a problem And a predicament You can solve a problem But you manage, you manage, you manage A predicament Kids, you're getting bigger now, and I'm not gonna lie to you. This world is a little bit broken. This world is a little bit broken. I wish I could say I was joking, but it's not as bad as it sounds. No, it's not as bad as it sounds No, it's not as bad as it sounds Mama hug, Papa hug, Sister hug, Brother hug, Auntie hug, Uncle hug 
Grandma hug and Grandpa hug and great, great things can happen when we all hug and get along. Great, great, great things can happen when we all sing the same song. When we all sing the same song. From there we'll start solving problems. We'll manage, we'll manage, we'll manage a predicament. Beautiful people, beautiful soul. What's in the one is in the whole. Shadow and light. Ends of the world, opposite ends of the world, opposite ends of this world is a little divided. This world is a little bit broken, but the sun always shines, unconditional light. So shake my hand, slap me five. Bump me on the fist, and isn't it weird how we even exist? 